Thank you for listening to Ivy Podcast, where we feature weekly leadership conversations with thought leaders and industry experts. Now, here is your host, John Karsibayev. I'm Carolyn Pitts, founder and CEO of Productions.com. Carolyn, thanks so much for making time joining us on the Ivy Podcast today. Before we talk about Productions.com, your current organization, tell us a little, give us a thumbnail version of your career to date. Yeah, so I'm one of those people who believes that life is a Seinfeld episode and all these disparate things that you do in your life all come together to make sense at the end for your true passion. <laughs> I love that analogy. That's pretty cool. First time I'm hearing that. Yeah, um, and if you have never seen a Seinfeld episode, it won't make sense. But for those people who have, it'll all make sense. Um, my background, I'm an intellectual property and entertainment attorney, and I've also worked in management consulting, human capital, strategy work, um, even a little bit of executive placement. And so all of that sort of ties itself neatly into a bow with the work that I'm doing for productions.com. Well, that's very exciting and definitely definitely a thumbnail version it is. So appreciate that. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about productions.com. What is that all about? And how, you know, very curious about the story behind that. How did you come about founding that and getting going with this company? Yeah, absolutely. So productions.com is the job marketplace for productions and we connect studios, music labels and corporate brands to vetted local crew. Um, I'm based in Atlanta and so is our company. And a lot of folks may not realize that Atlanta and Georgia are the busiest production hubs in the world. Um, due in large part to our tax credit, we welcome productions from all over the world and especially here in the US. And so what was fascinating for me was to find out that although we have more production work than anyone else, people who live and work here who are talented and experienced crews struggle to find work, which didn't seem to make any sense. And so I was like, wait, wait a minute, is it my clients? Is it my friends? But no, what I found out was I started doing some really informal customer discovery just by kind of going to different meetings in town where a lot of production professionals would hang out. And the topic that was always first on the agenda was, why can't we get work and how can we find out about these opportunities before they crew up? Um, come to find out from doing research that up to 70% of crew are actually flown in, particularly for feature films and even for television episodic work as well. And so a number of problems come from that. So for the people who live and work in production hubs and not just Georgia, but really any production hub in the US and Canada and overseas as well, they're struggling to find work. This is also gig work and people don't realize that even when you have a job, you're looking for your next job because it's a short-term opportunity. Um, so because of the inefficiencies, because there's a tendency to fly in a vast majority of the talent, local folks are getting overlooked. And even though they have the requisite experience, you know, it's, it's a struggle. They're doing other jobs, waiting to be found to do what they want to do, their craft within their actual um, area of expertise. The other side of the equation is that for the studios who are flying folks in, they're bringing sand to the beach. They're missing out on opportunities. They're paying more than $6,300 per month per crew member for per diem travel and housing on top of wages. And it's really inefficient. So even with what they're doing, Struggling to find people even within their own hub to bring can be a challenge. And one more piece that's super important to me, um, the entertainment industry has always had a real dearth of diversity, and it is something that we can leverage technology to do. And so our platform is leveraging technology to democratize hiring, to create more efficiencies in how 
crew both above and below the line, more senior and junior folks are found for roles. We're also elevating the profiles of women and professionals of color and members of the LGBTQIA plus community. Even though we advocate for professionals of all backgrounds, we also make it easier to find these individuals and bring them on set and get them valuable experience. Well, that's very exciting and unique space. Uh, I love the I love the direction of that. You've mentioned Atlanta, Georgia being one of the hubs for productions, which I didn't know about. But one one thought that came to my mind, one of my favorite shows, uh, the uh, the Walking Dead. Yeah, I believe it was all filmed. Most of that, at least in you know Atlanta area or something like that. So uh, it's on right? Yeah, yeah, definitely resonates. Um, so yeah, basically, you know, it's, I, 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 you know, I love the saying the riches are in the niches. So, you know, there's a ton of marketplaces out there or job boards that are very generic, um, but keeping something very unique and directed at that particular segment. I think that's very interesting. So with you being in the space for quite some time, um, I'm sure you, you know, you watch the industry trends and where just the overall market is going or has been. Talk to us a little bit about the overall trends that you see in that particular segment when it comes to job opportunities. What are you seeing this actually going next? Yeah, you're right. You know, niche focus and specialization is definitely an industry trend. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, talent boards have been agnostic in terms of what industry. They've just sort of added industries on as they've gone. And I'm not going to say that they don't work. Clearly, they've been great ways of facilitating connections between those looking for talent and the talent that's looking for work. We're definitely seeing, however, a push to get more specialized um, opportunities and not even just job boards. So while one can post a resume and pray that someone finds them, that also hasn't been the most effective way to find work. Our, our customer discovery found that 85% of folks who do that actually don't find work, a single job. So what we know needs to happen is specialization, access, um, and then there also needs to be something a bit more interactive and vibrant about the opportunity. Talent needs to be able to really showcase and highlight themselves and stand apart from other you know, folks who are looking for opportunities and also be found more easily. And so our platform you know, has some algorithms to really make it sure that people are not falling to the bottom of the bucket um, and that they also have a chance to show things like their IMDb experience and any sizzle reel or you know, sound or stills work that they've done. So they really can bring to life essentially a portfolio of work um, to, to highlight that and market themselves for opportunities. And then to also um, have ranking and rating systems that talk about why it was great to work with that individual. So that, that next employer sees them as a reason, sees that as a reason to, to give them a shot, interview them and likely hire them into their next role. Right, 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 absolutely. And it's definitely an interesting, you know, space to be in, especially coming out of pandemic. Uh, with, you know, so many opportunities, you know, for me in technology, at least that's been, you know, just candidate driven market, very, very, you know, uh, highly competitive. And, you know, the war on retention has been, has been real um, from the productions and overall that, that segment. Uh, one trend that really comes to my mind, which I've been, you know, researching a lot and watching the overall concept of future of work. Um, where we talk about, you know, contingent workforce, we talk about freelancers, gig workers, we talk about contractors, consultants, more specifically for MySpace. What are your thoughts on the future of work? Where do we see this as going? And what are some of the predictions? Yeah, no, so I'm so glad that we are focusing on the future of work and that there is this whole body of, you know, theory and practice. And, you know, one thing that I see as being really critical is access. 
you know, I'd say that the pendulum is swinging. You're right. There's a war on talent in just about every industry now. And the pandemic, I think, has only exacerbated it. And to give more power to those who are freelancers, regardless of what industry, so they can both access the work and then be competitive, find ways that they can actually, you know, as, as my one of my cousins likes to say, hold the handle and not the blade, make sure that they're in control of their own destiny and have the opportunity to market themselves as that that um, entity, that that quantity that is in demand, um, rather than you know, the reverse being true, um, where the power is just for those who are hiring. But what I think, though, is, you know, even more so than a power dynamic, is really just greater efficiency. Efficiencies, access, and consistency are really important. When you are someone that you know, again, is working gigs, the one thing you don't want is a huge amount of time where you have dead air and you're not getting any income and you're not continuing to hone your craft. So using technology, creating communities. And having a niche focus, I think, really is a huge part of future of work so that both sides of the marketplace can really leverage the technology, find who and what they need, and really have control over, you know, whether it's their talent pool and their bench um, from the employer side or from the freelancer side, the ability to decide even when to work. You may decide as a freelancer, yeah, I want to front load it, work all these winter months, and then I'm going to take the summer off. Having the ability to do that and to really decide when, where, and for whom you work is definitely a huge part of the future of work and technology is really enabling um, folks from both sides of the marketplace to do that effectively. Right, 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 no, absolutely. I'm pretty sure we can talk about this particular topic for the rest of the episode, which is very fascinating to me. Um, so with, you know, you, you've, you're, you exposed to both sides, to the hiring organizations, to the hiring managers and the candidates, the job seekers and so forth. Um, what are some of the challenges that you observe through some of the activity on your platform, through some of the data that you've seen? Also, what, curious about what are some of the most in-demand skill sets that are very scarce these days that you're observing as resurgence from, you know, coming out of pandemic or this current market? Just share some thoughts from that perspective. Yeah, so some of the, I'll take the second part for some of the most in-demand skill sets for sure. Social media capabilities. And, you know, social is huge really understanding what it is as a commodity and as a powerful tool to drive your business or sink your business if you're not managing it correctly and finding people who know how to really expand the, the market and the network that you're looking to, to uh, communicate with. Graphic design has been really hot. Editing has been really hot. A lot of the things that allow people to still create content remotely, um, writing, the ability to still you know, bring forth the ideas, all of these have been very key during the pandemic and will continue to be. What's interesting is now that we're starting to pull out, that we're starting to see, you know, 70% um, in a lot of these major states in the United States where a lot of production happens, where uh, they, they're beginning to now, because of that vaccination percentage, have more onset, safely filming um, situations. Now finding people who can deliver on that content specifically in productions is, is going to be huge. But during the pandemic, certainly those who could still continue working, continue creating, continue editing remotely um, and then pushing things out into social media have been very much in demand and I expect that those will continue to be so. And your first question, now that I've waxed poetic on the second, I'm thinking back on what was your first question? Yeah, I guess in general, what are some of the challenges that you're seeing um, or, you know, areas that could be improved, you know, for job seekers or even the hiring organizations? as they, you know, as they struggle to find talent and on the other side, as the job seekers struggle to, um, you know, to get that right exposure uh, to the companies that actually would want to be, you know, employees of just anything from uh, some of the mistakes or the lessons learned that you observe through, through that segment. 
Yeah, yeah. So what we're finding our platform is being able to distinguish oneself from that next entity or our individual is super important. And it's not just the folks who are looking for work. Now it's those who are looking to hire that have to really do a great job of illustrating why Why would I? you want to come and work for, for us. Um, one thing for us, we work with diff very different stakeholders. So for us, it's really important to understand what is different with studios, um, music labels, live events organizations, and corporate brands. Those are all very unique. What they need, whether it's full-time, part-time, or gig workers, how long they work with these individuals, the ways in which they choose to employ them and pay them. For us, it's understanding each of their unique identities and then also what they as, a, as an organization are looking for and how we can best partner with them has been super important. Um, but I'd say certainly setting themselves apart and finding ways to market themselves as an employer. Again, those tables turning a little bit of why you should come to work for me. What are the benefits? Even if they're not traditional you know, 401k health benefits, why might you want to come and work for my enterprise, whether it's a short or long-term engagement? Um, that's something that employers are having to realize and are beginning to work with partners like us to help them to stand apart um, and offer more than just a paycheck because that's what uh, employee, employees are looking for now and freelancers. Right, very right. No, absolutely. Those are definitely very uh, great recommendations from that perspective. So to shift gears a little bit, so um, you know, I also I talk, I work with a lot of startup founders, a lot of entrepreneurs. Haven't been there myself. Uh, now on the boards of a lot of those companies, helping them scale, helping them grow, invest. Uh, so that you know, personal passion of mine. So from your perspective, and I talk to quite a few that are building marketplaces in different areas, in different segments. Uh, some are in job-related fields, some are not. Um, just some recommendations from your perspective, as you were starting very early in your, you know, in your journey with the productions.com. Um, you know, some of the questions in terms of go-to-market strategy, mm -hmm. especially for marketplaces, is very unique. It takes a lot of experimentation and to find that product market fit initially. Okay. What was your approach there? Did you target the job seekers first? Did you target the hiring organizations first? Or was it a combination, a little bit of both? Just share some initial kind of the, the war, kind of war stories from, from that time. It's so funny when folks ask me, do you focus on one side or the other? I always say yes. Mm -hmm. um, because we found that we had to focus on both. However, it, it made sense for our strategy to, while thinking of both, while focusing on both and even segmenting the employer side, really look at the supply side, really look at those who are looking for work and begin to build that side first. Um, why? Because their pain point and their need are very pronounced. And so um, we also have access to you know, volume users within the supply side that's enabled us to do more than just direct outreach, but also volume outreach to onboard them onto the platform. Um, and so for us, A-B testing is also really important, understanding what messaging works. So making sure that when we send things out, we are doing a couple of different versions and finding out, oh, this message, a hundred people signed up in an hour versus this message, we got eight. You know, making sure that we, uh, that what we're doing is even resonating, you know, getting that, that feedback loop is so critical. And so also really understanding the industry um, is, is very helpful. So for us, making sure that we talked a lot with producers and line producers who are really making hiring decisions and who are also looking to be hired themselves by the enterprises that are creating the content, those folks are at the epicenter. So making sure they understand why we're building this and that yes, it is helping. And if not, well, give me some feedback. What, what aren't you seeing that you would want to use in a tool and a platform like this? Or what do we have here that's superfluous and that you would never use? And that's ongoing. You know, one thing that I found um, is customer uh, discovery and in, interacting with customers will never end. 
And that's great to me because I actually enjoy it because as we grow and change, so will our market. Making sure we always stay in tune with them and understand the pulse of what they need is key. And I'll just add that on, on the tail end, it wasn't that we were not paying attention to employers. We certainly were. But we knew that the value to those employers is a volume of folks who can immediately you know, fulfill their needs. And so, as you know, with a marketplace, it then adds upon each other. You just make sure that you balance it out so that everybody gets enough of what they need to not only stay engaged, but tell all their friends so that we can continue to grow and scale. Right, 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 absolutely. No, I love these recommendations. And it's, um, you know, it's always interesting how different companies approach, especially initial stages to, to validate, you know, the product value, find that PMF. So that's always, uh, always fascinating, especially from the investor side, when I try to partner with a lot of these companies from that standpoint. Um, in terms of talent acquisition, you know, you're, you, you, you have a marketplace for job seekers, but for you to surround yourself with like-minded folks, top performers to join your team. Talk to us a little bit about your approach, your strategy when it comes to attracting the top talent. How do you interview? How do you select? Just share any practical recommendations there. Yeah, I really honestly feel blessed with the team that we already have and that we're continuing to assemble. And I think it's not that I'm cheating, but because in the past I've you know been able to interview folks when I worked for other companies, and have had experience with managing and hiring. I'm really taking a lot of that experience and now leveraging it for myself and making sure that we have the right infrastructure so that we have an onboarding process that we're using a tool to really keep track of not only the candidates that we're talking to, but the ones that we wanna keep an eye on so that we can hopefully lure them away when the time is right. I also really believe in, in having um, folks who I like to call Swiss Army Knives who bring a lot of different skill sets to bear. For instance, our CTO also happens to be a CFA. So it's great that we can talk product and then flip to financial models as well as strategy and finding people who are passionate about the work, who believe in the vision, who believe that I as the founder can actually bring this to bear and then who bring their own unique specialties and are better at whatever their specialties are than, than I am. That to me is fantastic. I don't expect to know all the answers and I don't expect to you know have to micromanage, especially the C-suite um, in, in the work that they're doing. So for me, it's about really identifying those folks and then providing the value to them. And as a startup, as you know, you know what you're providing very often is not going to be economically better than a corporation. But the passion, the access, the, the vision, the future, making sure that they have equity so that we're building a company together. And then the trust, making sure that your team knows, yeah, I trust you and we will have conversations and you will oftentimes be educating me on what to think about and how we collectively can make the right decisions. So far, that has been a winning strategy. I know that as we go forward from, you know, being a town to a city to a metropolis, we'll have to scale. Some of those will still work and then we'll have to come up with other strategies. And then I'll be handing the keys over and trusting and empowering that those who are, you know, making hiring decisions that I'll be a part of, but not on a granular level, will also do the same things and we'll keep our culture intact. Um, so that's sort of the way that I've approached it. And really just finding folks who who can do a whole lot of things and bring a whole lot of value because as a, as a very lean team that's really what you're called upon to do right 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 and you know especially the interview aspect uh, i think it's so fascinating and very challenging I, i'm yet to meet anybody who's really good at that uh, because it's it's a combination of art and a science and be able to make that assessment in such a short period of time and also provide the candidate an opportunity to get to know you better as well and make that their determination if that's the right fit that's i think right. it's a very unique space um 
in terms of you staying up to date on all of the things going on in your industry or maybe even outside of that your content diet uh share with us the sources you consume on a daily basis yeah so it's interesting i do a lot of um paying attention to what's on the internet i'll listen to podcasts because i have more time to do that than to read these days, although I love reading, um, I, I remain a part of certain listservs, especially industry for both technology as well as entertainment, so that I can keep really abreast of what's going on. And um, that helps me in the conversations that I'm having, you know, with major studios and major corporations, and also really with our crew. We have, uh, we do breaking news on our social channels. We also have a weekly blog and a weekly newsletter. And so we're synthesizing a lot of what happens during the week and on a daily basis and pushing it out there to, you know, our, our user base so that they can stay informed as well. Um, and it, that works out really well. A lot of folks, you know, are subscribing just to get that information as well as to get job alerts um, for, for positions that fit them in their location. But for me, it's important to have the podcast going in the background, sometimes have on even CNN just in the background in case something pops up that is relevant because it's, it's you know, even now figuring out is California and New York are reopening. What does that look like? You know, now that Broadway is slated to begin in the fall, just yesterday they announced that a COVID tests will be required and vaccinations will be required. And so it's a hot button and it's a fast moving train. And, you know, as leaders in this space, our team really wants to make sure that we're staying on top of that and also sharing and conveying the information so that, you know, we can be a source of information ourselves as well as not being behind um, and what's going on in the world. Right, right, absolutely. I think that, you know, it's with so much information being thrown at us on a daily basis um, and just, you know, the strategies to keep yourself, you know, be very selective in terms of what you let your mind be exposed to. I think that's very unique space. Last but not least, what are you currently reading in terms of the book and what is one book that you always recommend to others and why is that? So I love Between the World and Me, uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates. I had the pleasure of not only reading the book, but there was a live action play that came to town right before the pandemic. Um, and I just believe in his passion and in um, understanding his story as a young black man navigating his way through the world. Um, so that that's a book that I recommend anybody who wants authenticity and just a, a perspective on life. Uh, someone who I think is you know one of the greatest writers of our time and we'll find out as he continues to write content. Um, and the warmth of, the, of other sons is something that I'm reading now. As, as I mentioned, I haven't had as much time, but really understanding, you know, my family, um, they came to the U.S. from another country. So my mom is Jamaican. My dad is from St. Vincent. We lived in England for a while. So thinking about America through the eyes of folks who migrate, whether it's internally or externally, is important to me. Um, I am U.S. born, but again, because my family is from another place, I'm always really curious about how people navigate. Um, and why they make changes to move and what benefits they get in that new location and what maybe they left behind that they didn't realize um, may not be a part of their story anymore and they might want to capture and keep with them no matter where they land. So those are the two most recent ones that that I've uh, had some time with. Oh, those are great recommendations. I love them. Uh, and for our listeners, we'll make those titles available in the show notes. Carolyn, can thank you enough for your time today. Very short and insightful conversation. You were very generous with your advice. We're going to stay in touch and I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to hear what's next. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Uh, enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the Ivy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our RSS feed on ivypodcast.com and all major podcasting platforms like Spotify and iTunes. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a rating on iTunes.